Hey, podcast listeners, Pastor Freddie T here. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Happy birthday. We just celebrated our fourth birthday as a church. And uh, man, Sunday was a great Sunday. JV, JV and I sit down today. And uh, we talk a little bit about Ephesians. We talk a little bit about our birthday. We talk a little bit about life. Uh, We're glad you're tuned in. Invite somebody this Sunday. Somebody needs to be in church with you. Uh, We'll see you then. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at real life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, JV. Good morning, Tom. Time. Tom. <laughs> Good morning, Tom. So the kids said, get out of church on <laughs> Sunday morning. And they said, Daddy, you got to call him Tom. <laughs> So, if you don't understand, <laughs> Tom, you, you got to listen. Did you do it both services? Yeah. I said you did. did. It was probably a pretty big hook. I did. Uh, yeah, so you have to listen. It wasn't even in my notes. <laughs> the Lord just gave me gave me that on Sunday morning. I, had, I didn't even think about it. I knew, I knew I wanted to explain that Paul was Saul, and it wasn't like a name change. So, I told, I told Daniel, we had dinner Sunday night with he and his wife, Rachel, and I said, you wait for it. Got a surprise. There's your surprise. That was it, Daniel. Sorry. There's no big surprise. <laughs> so, you have to listen to the sermon if you don't understand Tom, but it was uh, it was yes. funny. The kids just said, yeah. Rachel looked at me and said, that's the new name. That's hilarious. <laughs> How are you this morning? You got to have that throat. Uh, I did, and I can't do like, it. Kind of s- like saying Ruach. That's uh, right, that's how are right. you this morning? Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh Big day on Sunday. Oh, yes. Big fourth day birthday. Yes. Yeah, so it was a church celebration of its fourth birthday. I We have struggled this summer because we were always going to early service oh, because yeah. we had community group yeah. right afterwards in the bowling lounge at yeah. 10. So we have struggled. Do we go to 8.30? We go to 10. And, of course, we go to 10 because we have a couple sleepers in the house. And uh, so we came in at 9.50. On Sunday, and man, you couldn't even wade through the people. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah in the city forum, so yeah, yeah, we had a good day, good strong day. Yeah, yeah, big bigger crowd in the in the ten o'clock service. Yeah, uh, it'll so it'll be good to make the move to the Madison room, which folks, I mean, out of the Madison room into the ACM Athletics, the ACM Athletics yeah. for worship that is coming up. We don't know when, but we will let you know when they they're still prepping the bathroom space and all that kind of stuff. So so it'll be good to have a little extra breathing room. Everybody loves their birthday, and it means a lot to people because it's a special day because yeah. it's their birthday, unless you're my wife and mother-in-law who have the same. But what does it mean to you, standing up on the stage four yeah. years after all the prep prior to the first launch four years ago? Tell, yeah. me what, tell me what your thoughts were, your emotions. Well, this was probably the least like fanfare-celebrated birthday we've had yet um it was just more simple less involved we've done them on the land Mm -hmm. one year we had an elvis impersonator Mm -hmm. and my little nephew is a little you know trick of the hand magician you know Mm -hmm. so he was out there not not the kind of you know magic that the old testament condemns but you know just (laughs) sleight of hand kind of a thing you know anyways uh 
So this was pretty simple, you know, um, but it was special. I I read somewhere sometime in the last couple of months that, that like when you think about when you think about like impact that your church is having, don't think in terms of numbers of people. Think in terms of numbers of years, and I like that. You know, uh, that resonated in a beautiful way in my heart because, you know, a church plant attracts all kinds of people and it's a little transient in its first five years. People are kind of coming and going, coming and going, trying to figure out, you know, people are drawn to the new thing, you know, and once it's not new, then they go look for the new, the other new thing, you know, and, and um, so there's a little bit of transience, you know, kind of spikes in attendance and big Sundays and those kinds of things, which fire me up for sure. But I loved this idea of um, focus more on how long you've been around than how many are in the room on Sunday. And so that's, that's great. You know, so like hitting a birthday milestone is like we're maturing. We're, you know, we're growing in the best kind of way in terms of age. We're getting established and, um, it was really awesome to hear on the video people's prayer, you know, and uh, so many folks have a vision for growth, which is beautiful because, you know, you hear a lot of times, you know, some, sometimes people come to it real life from like LifePoint, which is biggest church in town. And the reason they come to real life is they needed something small, you know, or smaller, you know, and um it, you know, so you, you know, so then the first question is, is okay, so when we grow, are you leaving? You know, mm. anyways, the birthday, it's just God's faithfulness. So, you know, Susan and I, when we moved here, we lived in a parsonage uh, that stunk to high heaven. It was like some kind of stink. In Arizona? No. No, here. Oh, when we moved, when we moved oh, here okay. from Arizona. I got you. And, um, it was a little bitty house, you know, the country song says love grows best in little houses. Mm-hmm. But we were all on top of each other. It was on the other side of town. And, um, it was, you know, those little seasons are really sweet. I remember sitting at the dinner table one night with Steve Springer. And we had just moved. And he said, um, are you, are you going to, are you, are you going to get paid? We need to make sure you get paid. You know, it was like nothing was set up and there really wasn't. It really wasn't money in the bank account per se, you know, but I, like I knew like a partner church was going to yeah. send a check, you know, and so I just told Steve, yeah, it, it's, it's okay. But I think like that journey, that faith journey and seeing so many people take that faith journey with us, you know, I remember Jonathan, I remember when Jack was born, my first son, you probably remember when Jack, Max was I'm, born. I remember when Jack was born. And yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, but I, I remember coming into the waiting room and telling all the family, he's here, he's here. So, so that like that announcement of getting to announce the birth, nothing like it. Um, walking through that process of kind of carrying this baby, so to speak, of the church, and then seeing God give, give birth to real life, just thrilling. My favorite moment of Sunday is when... Um, we had folks that were at launch stand up, folks that have joined us in the last year stand up, and folks that have joined us. And I had no idea what the spread would be. You know, I just didn't know. And 
there was probably more people that have joined us somewhere in the middle. But there was a good chunk that were there on launch Sunday, and there was a good chunk that had joined us in the last year. And for me, that's just a picture of God's steady faithfulness. So that's that's what I think about birthday. Yeah, no, we we uh, we joined in the middle uh, two years ago, July, and uh, it was good to see um, the people standing or raising their hands, standing. I guess yeah, yeah, standing that were still there from the launch. So sometimes uh, you know they tend to start get overwhelmed kind of find something else and so it's great to still see those who and people still coming god's still moving if you've been to real life recently you know god's still moving not just for the people they're showing but what they're doing and how they're involved and have over 300 in community group that should say a lot it's not like just people are showing up on sunday praise god that people that are really wanting to get involved uh, with each other's lives and see how jesus can really work in real life you know the antidotes sometimes tell the story right so Blake and Emma Atkinson. Yeah. Did you see that in the on brain, the brain dump? dump? Yeah, I did. This sweet couple had their baby on Tuesday, and they were in church with their baby on Sunday. And I was like, "What?" So I messaged Blake, and uh, you got. I see you can pull your phone up there. Yeah, you got it. What did he say? He said, "I guess this is what he said. God is moving in this place. Emma and I didn't want to miss out on a blessing." It's crazy. Mm-hmm. He's. He's like I can't like I can't stay away. We gotta be there, and anybody that's had a newborn baby knows how challenging that must have been for them to be there. You know that Sunday. So yeah, I think we missed the first three months. We yeah. just <laughs> what? What about for you? You know, I mean, like your whole life, you were faithful at our mother church downtown. Correct. Yeah. So big 40, forty-seven and a half years. Yeah. Big, yeah. Big sea change to be a part of. Something new. You've Big you've started things, so you've been a part of that kind of yeah. crazy startup output. But Chewy. but as a church, what has it been like for you to be a part of something that's? I think it's. Fr- new. I, say, I think the word is fresh for me. It's a fresh thing. Things are not established. I mean, they are, but you don't have committees. You don't have this. There's not everybody's been set up for years who have already had people cycle in and cycle out and cycle in. It's just it's nice to have freshness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know maybe if you're trying to start a church, uh, you'd like to have a little bit more redundancy in different positions and things. Sure. But it's actually kind of nice for the organic portion of people seeing a need and stepping into it. Yeah. And maybe something they would have never stepped into, Fred, Yes, because people had yes. already been ingrained in that. And so to see people yes. want to get involved, I think that is just a, a wonderful freshness. It, it would remind me a little bit, I guess this is most church plants, I guess. I'm not a, as you know, I don't know a lot about church plants. You've studied a lot and you've done it a lot. And, and my brother has studied a lot and Tim has done it a lot and studied a lot. But what's so nice is it's just like the Acts 2 church. It's just it's th- something needs to get done. We need to do it because that's where God's moving. We need to do this because this is what needs to be done because this is where God's moving. Yeah. It's not we do it because we've already always done it. Yeah. We do it because that what needs to be done today. Yeah. And I think that was always the fun part of when we started two years ago, July, it was there were so many things that could be done that just needed people to do. And so that's why I like it. It's I, very I, fresh. I love it. What you just said is so insightful, just being on the ground in church plant for so long. The Gospel Yoda in New York City, Tim Keller, says church plants. Well, first thing he, you know, he presents, and this is not debated in any kind of like church circles, but new churches reach more people than established churches. 
And I think we've talked about this before, but, you know, it's like um, your kids grow faster in their first 20 years than they do in the rest of their whole life, right? So there's something natural about a church being born that it's going to grow fast early mm-hmm. on. But it has to if it's going to exist, right? We have there's a there's a built-in intrinsic motivation and urgency of we must reach people for Jesus. But one of the things that often gets overlooked is um, not only do church plants reach more people for Jesus quicker, um, it, church plants activate people for ministry, where it's not as easy to sit on the back pew, you know, sure. and just soak things up. We got we got to fill the gaps. We got to step up and. Um, that's been really beautiful for me to see people that um, were a part of our launch team that had never served a church ever, but had been a Christian for a really long time. And um, being a part of the church plant necessitated them rolling up their sleeves that's right. and beginning to serve. So, I mean, the church is a living body. I mean, that's Paul in 1 Corinthians, I think. Uh, in First Corinthians, yeah, we were the Bible. First Corinthians twelve. Thank you. Uh, and so it's it's really nice to see. You know, that is the biggest thing. And so I've started. I was two years deep. I was kind of right in the middle, I guess. I started right. I saw the magician and the Elvis singer. So, <laughs> uh, so I guess that's. I was right, right in the middle. And it's just nice to see people still that are new, that have joined in the last year, rolling up their sleeves and getting involved and doing because God is working, not just doing because we're supposed to do it. We're doing because that's where God's moving. And so, I mean, kudos to your vision, the people that stepped up on the launch for those months upon months upon months of where God is using those efforts and those prayers and those desires and those emotions here, even four years later and where God's going to continue. Hopefully if we stay on the right track to where he'll take real life and making a difference in the community for the, for the yes. Yes. I met with Donna Springer just this past week. And Donna leads our local school outreach team, and I told her, I said, "Your, uh, I said, I said, your ministry team's the best kept secret in real life." And I said, "This this year, I don't want it to be a secret." And um, you know, it's 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 more of a behind the scenes ministry. She does more of her recruitment in person than on the stage, big announcements and that kind of thing. But the difference that they're making in the schools is significant. Um, most of our schools that we're reaching out to are in Sango, but we have one across town in a higher needs area called Minglewood. And um, we just got a request this week that a little boy needed socks and underwear. And so our that team was able to respond immediately by providing that for a family. So the schools were, you know, we're, we're there to serve the school any way we can. So sometimes it's breakfast for the teachers. But sometimes it's socks and underwear for a needy family in the school. Um, so we're kind of wanting to pull that more to, on the forefront so more people can be involved, more people can celebrate the stories of what God's doing. But um, I think it's the first fruits. I think it's the first step. I think it's a um, kind of the small beginning, and it's it's exciting to hear about. I'm so glad you're a part of Real Life JV. Uh, yeah, yeah two you years and your deep. beautiful family. Two years deep. Look at that. And both of them baptized here. Um Okay. Well, anything else on the dump? What was your, what was your favorite moment of the birthday morning? Did you meet anybody new? No, I guess. Oh, my favorite moment was great. Uh, so we walked through the gauntlet. Man, I tell you, there's so many people, and I was trying to wade through and say hi. Ah. And then I walk up to the to where the uh, bowling lounge begins, and 
looked to the right and there was the community group. Yes. I mean, just Rachel's like, oh my gosh, I think it's got more since you left. Jonathan. <laughs> I said, probably. But no, I got hugged. The or, community group that you started in the bowling alley lounge that you three years ago yeah. led. Three years ago. Two Sunday years ago. in, Sunday out. Two years ago, yeah. And got to hug all of them and uh, had two new couples in the group. TJ, I'm sure, did a great job. I snuck out right after your sermon and before we started singing Forever and uh, the song Forever and uh, just gave a big hug and told the group I was proud of them. And TJ, what did that mean up. to you? Oh, it meant a lot that TJ stepped up and Lisa stepped up and they all of them came out with full support and uh, got two new couples, like I said. So it's great. Yeah. That was my favorite part. To give birth to a community group that then you're able to step away, start a new community group, and see and see somebody step up, take leadership, and keep leading that one. Yeah. That's that is our mission to be a that's our vision yeah. to be a multiplying movement. So that was my that was my favorite moment. Seeing so TJ y'all smile. So uh yeah, so community groups, I don't know if we'll hit this at the end, but community groups have already started. Yeah. So we're Tuesday morning. So if you had a Sunday or Monday, you've already been to community group, community group. My wife, can I give a kudos to my wife? She is stepping out because we split up because of not doing it on Sunday. So she is doing her own women's only community group here in the lounge this morning on Tuesday morning. So I'm so excited. Uh, she's ready to do it. It's her first time doing it. So uh, if you're like, oh, I could never do that. My wife, here she is. Never done it before. She's facilitating this morning. Let me stop and pray. Yeah. For Rachel's group, yeah. all the community groups that are meeting, and at Amen, we'll take a break. Perfect. Yeah, Father, we are so thankful for your great love. We come to you this morning in Jesus' name and by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the community groups that have already met. Strangers are beginning to become friends. We pray you would cover all of these groups. Father, you would protect them from the enemy. You would till up the soil of men and women's hearts, Lord, so that they can open their hearts to you and to others. We pray specifically for the community group today, meeting in this room, led by Rachel. Uh, Father, let every woman feel at home and give Rachel the wisdom to guide this group well. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday in real life. We believe God has put you in the neighborhood and in the job and at the ballpark or at the gym, right where he wants you to influence and invite others into his story, into a relationship with him. So here's today's challenge. Text a friend right now. Stop what you're doing. Send them a message and invite them to join you at Real Life this Sunday. Who knows? Maybe it'll be their first step into a relationship with God. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday at Real Life. So text that friend today. All right, we're back. So, Freddie, we have just come off a sermon series on prayer. Someone came to me this week, I think it was Daniel Cox, and said, hey, I really could you, in your prayer time this week, can you um, add this to your prayer? And I was like, Oh, we're still praying because I thought the sermon series was over. So there was my joke for the morning. <laughs> so don't forget to keep praying. Last last You're week, so funny. we do steadfast prayer. So we started. You started um, a new sermon series. I assume this may be an extended one. This is not a four weeker. You think this may last a little bit because it's six chapters in the book. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. we'll be in Ephesians for a while. Good, great, yeah. yeah, super great. I hope to get through the whole book. Yeah, unlike uh, Luke. <laughs> well, <laughs> six chapters. Uh, so you titled it. 
what do you, it's not a meme. I'm not going to say it's a meme because that's <laughs> not a meme. What do you call that? A mm. title, whatever. It's Deep so, Roots. Sermon what? title? Yes. Yeah, oh, no. you're talking about the yeah, subtitle. Yeah, 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 subtitle. Yeah, Go- gospel, gospel roots, gospel fruit. And your reasoning, I assume you did that, your reasoning was kind of what? So to help the podcast listener, if they're showing up and are listening, what what are they expecting when they hear that? Well, the book of Ephesians and most most of the New Testament letter, well, most some of Paul's epistles are laid out this way, where Paul begins with kind of expounding the gospel, and then he and then he has commands in light of the gospel, right? So before he gets to what we call you know the imperative, he starts with the indicative. That's big. Like, oh wow! Listen yeah, to you. That's yeah. my goodness. Oh, Talking about IQ this morning. Oh, I'm gonna ask you to explain all that, but go ahead. Well, anyways, <laughs> he, he lays the groundwork with the gospel roots, and then the natural overflow. Once they understand the blessing that they have in Christ, is to live that out, and that's the fruit. So that's what we'll see in the whole letter. You know, all of chapter one, he's just going roots, 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 roots. He's driving the gospel down into our into their hearts. And then we'll see really practical things of how to live in the context of our families. And that's the fruit of the gospel. All right. So we've talked about this plenty of times before, but when scripture was written, it wasn't necessarily written to us. It was written to a group of people. Maybe the, maybe the church at Ephesus, which he started. um, If you read Acts, I think it's 19. I can't remember. Um, where you see where he went to Ephesus and started. That is, that is Acts 19. He yeah, started a couple a church. Of years past, pastoring churches. In and Ephesus. if you don't know about Ephesus, I'm getting to a point. I, I don't want to give a geography and a, a historical lesson here, but if you know anything about Ephesus, this is a large, large, large city in the Roman Empire. I mean, this is one of the large, I think it held one of the seven wonders of the world, uh, the statue of Artemis or Diana, I think y'all can... Y'all can fact check me on that one. No, it definitely had that statue, but I didn't realize it was the seventh one. I think it was. I think it was. So uh, this was a huge city. This was not just some... If if, if anybody's thinking like I do, and especially when you're reading Acts, every city's kind of like this little oasis city and kind of dirt's everywhere. I was like, no, this is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city and huge city. And so Paul walks in and starts his church. And so he's probably writing this, I think you said, as a kind of a... A letter to be passed along, and it was a scroll. I loved how you said that because we're all thinking they either got their phones out and, and flipping through, <laughs> or they've got a book, even like we would have in our Bible. But sure. tr- truly, it was a scroll of how they would unroll it right. and read it. And can you imagine, Fred, the anticipation for those believers <laughs> that were said, "Oh my gosh, Paul's the messenger's coming with a scroll from Paul." It's a great word from Paul. And how we see that as our scripture. So this was written to them for a specific purpose, but it was also written for our benefit, that we can use that and glean from that for us to understand our doctrine and also our, our the way we should practice in life. So thought it was good. I love the Tom. Uh, it was a great hook for me <laughs> because I probably like happiness and joy um, that you've brought out a few times that I probably taught that wrong. Uh, maybe or maybe not that I saw Saul and Paul, maybe guy's name changed on the road to Damascus, which you brought out in Acts nine. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting that Saul is Paul and Paul is Saul and how, what a wonderful impact that he made on these people as he strolled through all these cities, all those years. And now he's stuck in Rome 
probably wrong, in prison, writing these letters encouraging the brothers and sisters. You know what's so funny? Susan had her community group right at her first meeting uh-huh. of her community group right after. And so they're all going around doing these introductions. <laughs> and two of the ladies said, you know, well, my name is such and such, but I like to go by such and such. <laughs> and, you know, and it was like this beautiful example of like, oh, there you go. You know, like, yeah, Saul went by Paul and it was kind of interchangeable name. Um, not this kind of big, you know, change, which teaches good, but just isn't backed up by the scripture storyline. Yeah, so if you uh, miss a sermon, probably the podcast right before this, listen to the sermon. Freddie spent a lot of time on Acts 9, which was great. So we have a great introduction to the author of the book that we're going to read, or the epistle they're going to read. His his past, um, his past up until Acts 9, that is. And then, obviously, his present, and and kind of the scorn and distrust that he received from all those that had already— been there and doing it and all of a sudden Paul shows up and it's like here here I am and so it's kind of an interesting story if you like stories but that's not really the point of why we're reading Ephesus we're reading it because his first line is great so we were debating on Saturday night was was Freddie going to jump in to go three through twelve and do the whole thing or is it we're just going to stop in slowly and which was nice that we stopped in slowly especially on birthday but uh, I think it was when I was starting to listen to you, and you hit it near the end, so I'm going to tell you my impact yeah. was the identity impact. It was kind of the hook with Tom, kind of the hook with Paul and Saul, but it was that Paul, as we unrolled the scroll, the first thing they saw in the Greek was Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. I had to read it, sorry. <laughs> and and I, think, I think it was really, really cool. If you studied... If you studied Paul's life, there's a lot of things Paul probably could have said about himself a few years before of what he was proud about himself of, sure. but most importantly, how he would have identified himself. And not what that he would have called himself Saul, but what he would have said. And he has said in the Scripture what he could be boasting about, but he does not boast about. And so I think it was... It hit me between the eyes as you were talking early on in the sermon is this is how he started the scroll to these people that I am nothing more mm-hmm. than an instrument being used. I think that's in Acts 9. It's an instrument using used by God, and yes. that's all I am. Chosen There's nothing I can Yeah. Yes, it's so good, man. Yeah, and so he calls himself an apostle. We're not going to go through the Greek. You didn't do the Greek, did you, Apostolos? No. Uh, it's it's and and you look at we, you did spend the identity though on the saints, and that he, he identified himself as an apostle, but he was writing this to the believers at Ephesus and the other churches that it was probably being sent to as the saints. And I looked this word up, and you know this is not even a noun in the Greek; it's an actually an adjective for those that have been called out and. Holified, in essence, those that have been set apart, and it's so wonderful to, to, to think through, Fred, that these people were people that were created in God's image, but they were called out for a specific purpose, you know, kind of being as a messenger, kind of that's what the apostle is, to be a messenger of the good things that God was bringing. Now, the biggest thing that hit me in Shabbat, one of the biggest things that hit me in my Shabbat study, was you know, was this Jubilee concept. But when you look at this Jubilee concept as it flows over into the New Testament, we get this word 
forgiveness from us. The Greek word's aphasis. I think I may have mentioned this. But that's where we get the gospel. The gospel isn't that it's just such bad news, which it is. We have really bad news out there. And there's not that there's great news because there's really great news. But when I hear now the word gospel, we're kind of got thought of the four tracks. I mean, the tracks with the four things you got to walk through them all about. What I hear now, Fred, and when I when I heard you talk about the mystery, well, it's not this week, but I think it was the mystery of the other one, is that God is bringing good news, and the good news is He's bringing, He's bringing forgiveness. But more than just bringing forgiveness, He's bringing release from everything that you struggle with. Because if you look at that word forgiveness or faces, it means to release. And so when Paul was yeah, writing to good. the people of Ephesus, that's he good. was saying, folks, this is who I am. We're here to bring a saint set apart for a purpose for the people around us so that we can bring them release. Not stress, not because we're going to get persecuted, but we're bringing them news of which they don't understand, and that news is what they really, really need. Yeah, that's so good, man. I. I, I was struck in, you know, in, when I was studying the reminder that letters during Paul's day, before Paul's day, right after Paul's day, they, they would have all followed a similar greeting in this way. But they, but they wouldn't, and, and they would have had some, you know, let it be well with you, you know. But Paul intentionally chose to say grace and peace That's right. uh, in his greeting to. So, so he was on a mission to get a message across, and this is the introduction of it. So I'm so excited to see together him unfold it. Um, when, in your Christian journey, you've been walking with the Lord for a long time. In your Christian journey, when did the concept of identity, my identity in Christ, when did that become a thing for you? Do you remember? That's a good question. Um, well, I've said before plenty of times, maybe not on the podcast, but... When I think I actually grasped grasped a, a hold of what I guess I would call my identity would have been um, a little over a little over ten years ago. No, yeah, nine years ago, nine years, ten years ago, when I actually took the Bible and started reading it for myself, and not just because, well, Jonathan, you're just a Bible teacher, or yeah. Jonathan, you've got to go do this. Yeah, I took it on as something fresh to say. Let me read the word for what it says. Yeah. And let me see where that goes. And, and I think part of that, Freddie, was then I started slowly breaking loose of the cocoon. Still, still a long ways to go. Breaking loose of the cocoon of who really I am. Understanding those big concepts. You know, these huge concepts that we just say when, when you know, I grew up in church. You mentioned this in sermons. You may not have grown up in church. If you're a podcast listener, if you didn't, you didn't. And it's actually sometimes a little easier. That's the lullaby. Yeah, thing. sure. But for those that admit it, you, you hear the word grace. I mean, I, listen, I've had, to, I've had to define the word grace. I loved your definition. Uh, yeah, it's faith, a little, you know, simple. You, know, you, I learned you could it, add to it. But. The GED. The GED. It's a gift yeah. that you can't earn and you don't deserve. I know I reversed GED. it, but I had to learn it that way. That's how I remember stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a gift that you, you can't earn and you don't deserve. But you hear these big concepts and you memorize them. And there's nothing wrong with that, Freddie. But what I did about 10 years ago was I started really under, trying to understand this for myself. And what When you is, say for yourself, what does that you mean, mean? You mean, what does it really mean? Applying it to your own kind heart of, and life? I've kind of like, always. What does it mean for me? Not just how do I teach this accurately to others? Is that that's what you right. Mean? That's right. Because you were teaching God's word before then. That's right. Yeah. So is that right? Sometimes when you teach, yeah. when you're reading scripture, 
my mind when I read scripture, I'm thinking about how I'm going to teach this. Right. Much uh, less, right. but not as much as application. Yeah. But I think 10, year, ten years ago, I uh, took over a class or started a new class at another church. And I, I think I really wanted to break open. I think I didn't have anything to prove. Let me say it this way. I didn't have anything to prove anymore. I just didn't care anymore who was watching, who was listening. I wanted to learn the Bible for what it was. That's really so, powerful. So I wanted to break open these words. I wanted to break open yeah. God's Word, Genesis 1. And I wanted to really understand it. Yeah. And, and whatever came, what is whatever came. Yeah. And then well, whoever I became in that, yeah. the reflection of that, is whoever I was. I didn't care anymore. Maybe that's a more fresh way of saying that. That's powerful, man. And so that's, I guess, where I became with my identity. I'm still struggling with my identity. Uh, but I know every step closer that I get in the word. Yeah. I try to look at it differently. Yeah. And see who I am in all that. Well, this is why God's word is so you use the word fresh to talk about a church plant. This is why God's word is so fresh, so relevant for us daily is that it's filled with reminders of things that we already know, but that our hearts need reassuring, our hearts need reminding, our mind it needs to be renewed. It you know, talk about gospel roots. It's these truths need to be driven deeper into our hearts. You know, so you you had this great stretch of teaching God's word to adults, and then you just said, I still struggle with my identity. And that's a word of hope for somebody on the podcast today because, you know, they they struggle with their identity and they feel like a spiritual failure. You know, they feel like they're on a roller coaster. But to hear you talk about it, you taught God's word to adults Sunday in, Sunday out for years, and this struggle for identity is is still is is still real. Jonathan, that's why it's so important that people do read God's word on their own, but also put themselves under the authority of the of the preached taught word of God. I you know, one of the things that's bur- that burdens me as a pastor is how easy it is for people to miss gathering with the saints as a commitment regularly. And um unfortunately, and I and I think this is um it's 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 really sad, but it also has really far-reaching consequences. Is gathering with God's people to place our lives under the authority of the taught and preached Word of God has become uh, an issue of convenience, not a commitment. And I, there's going to be parents wondering why their kids have no interest in Christianity. There's going to be parents that wonder why their kids don't share their own value system. There's going to be parents that wonder, like, and, and, it's, and it's because faith comes from hearing the word of Christ. So you can't just put your kids under hearing the word of Christ when it's convenient. Um, I, I, was thinking, I was thinking about this this week of, of, of parents trying to figure out, do I, do I force my child to come to church with me? Well, until they turn 18, like, that, like, this is the only time you can force them to. Like, the vast majority of their life, you're only going to be able to encourage them to. You're only going to be able to pray for them to. But while they're under your authority in your home, um, Yes, yes, put their ears under the teaching of God's Word. And it, the thought that went through my mind, and I'm chasing a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but your, your, your feedback is kind of the springboard for this. 
I was thinking about this of, of like, okay, so this is real life for parents. This is real life. Their, their child doesn't want to go to church. So the fear is I'm going to drive them further away from God if I force them to come to church with me. I think that's a lie from the devil. Um, because if you let your child stay at home and you go to church, well, then their impressionable mind is going to be shaped by whatever they're watching on TV, whatever they're pulling up on the internet, right? Like, and, and so you better force them to get to church so that they can hear the authoritative, life-giving, hope-filled, gospel bedrock word of God being taught and preached. Otherwise, they're being discipled by the world. Um, so it, it, anyways, I, I, love, I love what you said, that as a grown man who knows and understands God's word, even for you, even for you, you've been a Christian for many, many years. You're not that old, but many, many years. Pretty old. Um, this is still a, a real struggle. Well, how paramount is it that we saturate our soul with God's word? So anyways, so parents, I know it can be difficult. I know it can be difficult getting the kids out of bed. They don't want to be there. Are you driving them away from the Lord? Listen, if you get them up out of bed and you get them in church, you're giving them a shot. You're just giving them a shot to have their their mind and their hearts captured by the grace of God. And if you don't, you're not even giving them a shot. Can I piggyback just a little yeah. bit? Yeah. So, uh, this is a podcast, baby. So, uh, I remember uh, when I was a child, I played uh, I played two major sports. Uh, I played basketball and I played baseball. That's pretty much all we had. We had some soccer at the time. And I remember I had a practice a week for both, and I had maybe a game for basketball and maybe two games for baseball. Old, old, um, uh, Nationals. Yeah, back a long time ago. And I remember that there were some on the team. It wasn't as competitive back then. It was not. It was above a rec league, but it still wasn't highly competitive like it, I think it is today. It's a very competitive sport. Um, but there were some of the team members that would just show up at practice. They'd lollygag around. <laughs> they'd go home, and then they'd come back for the game or games. And... They may play some of the game, may play half the game, you know how it was. But it was something that was not committed to them, which, by the way, there's no judgment in that. They were just having fun, and I have no issues with that. But I loved baseball, and when I got home from school, my brother and I would pitch, throw back and forth. Uh, when Daddy got home, uh, he hadn't even got out of his dress clothes yet. <laughs> he would, he would, uh, I was a left-hander, so I got to pitch some. Uh, he would get his catcher's mitt out and he would get down there in his, his, his trousers, you know, and I'd throw him in the ground and hit him in his shin and, you know, but the point being here, it was something that the game was a culmination of something all week That's that good. I really enjoyed doing. I love that. So, if you're struggling, and whether you have children or not, podcast listener, if you're struggling like, do I go today, let me encourage that if you're doing it all week, if you're reading God's Word all week, if you're finding something to listen to that's an encouragement for you on a podcast yeah. or on a radio station, yeah. if you do have children or you do have other people in your home and you're talking about 
the sermon, or you're talking about what you read, yeah. or you're saying, hey, I just we need to pray just once today. Yeah. If you're doing that, and, and if you're doing that with your children, yeah. I'm yeah. not saying all day wake up praying with them all day in the car. I'm saying you do it. Somebody, let's just read. Let's read Ephesians 3 today. Just, just read it out loud. Don't even have to talk about it. And if you do that enough, it's a comfortability that church is a culmination of a life lived in, for God yeah. as opposed to an event that whether I don't know if really I want to go to the game or not. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? I love it. Well, the beauty is, the beauty is, is God is pursuing us. God is pursuing us in his love. God is pursuing us in his grace. And, you know, so Sunday morning can be that springboard to the week where we encounter God. He pursues us as we gather on Sunday morning. But something is stoked. A hunger for God is um, is cultivated. That gives us a, a desire to want to go and meet with Him during the week, get to know Him better. Um, the alternative is true, where if we do take those steps to get to know Him better on our own, in, in our own private time, walking with the Lord and reading the Bible and gathering our family together for prayer, all those things, then Sunday morning becomes this 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 culmination, I think is the word you said, this culmination of celebration. That's right. Where, you know, it's 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 no longer can I stay awake during the sermon. It's a oh, my heart has been marching toward this moment all week long. So yeah, I think it's I think that's beautiful. Well, well let me triple down and then um yeah, let me triple down. So Last week, I forgot to go on the podcast to mention we're starting Ephesians. I, I told Daniel after you left, it's like, ah, oh, I forgot. So Check it off. here's Check one it. thing that I would encourage those that are really want to push themselves. Yeah. Um, and do this with your family. There are six chapters in Ephesians. There are seven days of the week. So I would I would say those that really want to push themselves. Yeah. If you took one chapter of the book of Ephesians. Yeah. And read it on Monday, and I the second chapter it. on Tuesday. Love it. Read it all the way through Saturday. Yeah. Sunday, Freddie's probably going next week. Talk about Ephesians one. Yeah. Then you can start back all over again. Right. Now, for those who are like that's too much, that's fine. For those that really want to push themselves, read yeah. the whole book of it's it's six chapters. Y'all. Right. Right. Um, in my Bible, it's like five and a half pages. Yeah. It shouldn't take thirty minutes. I love this, JV. But if you just like okay, then just read all of Ephesians one throughout the week. Just break it apart, or read Ephesians one the chapter. Every day this week, I, I, I just think because that way, if you're there four or five months, yeah, on this on this book, maybe, yeah, then these people have read the book of Ephesians how many times? Okay, so JV, I think I feel like, with your permission, I feel like what you just said, like I'm going to let this become like a challenge for our church. Yeah, so we just got done with like pray at home mm-hmm. out loud every day, you mm-hmm. know, or pray out at loud at home, home. every day. Yeah. Um, I this is great. Like, let's read a chapter of Ephesians at home out loud every day, something like that. I, you know, um, it's really, I love that. Well, just think about it. How many times if you've read something over and over and over and over and over, by the time they're going to be wanting you to get to Ephesians 2, they're going to be wanting, I can't yeah. wait to Ephesians 5. I've read this. I don't really understand right. it. But as more you read it, one, God's going to illuminate that. But, absolutely. But, but they're going to be ready for your sermon on Sunday. That's absolutely And if the kids right. are hearing it, like, man, yeah. that's, yeah. I don't understand. And, and chapter 1 can be a little heavy. So it's it's something that you, <laughs> yeah, it's something that you can read over and over and over. It, you know, I've read, I've read God's Word a lot. And Ephesians 1, I had to read have to slow down i can't rush through it yeah it's it is full it's it is bulky full. it is it is well you know we we gave out those prayer cards mm-hmm. 
the laminated prayer cards that show the adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Well, the other night we were about to go to bed. I mean, I, it was early, but I was wiped. I was done. And literally I'm crawling in the bed and Parker comes in the room with the prayer card. You know, can we pray? Can we pray, Daddy? You know, let's pray, Daddy. And like everything in my body said, no, <laughs> get out of my room. And, um, and God gave me the grace to just immediately say, yes, buddy, of course. So we hit our knees and we pray. And I was like, okay, I, you got adoration. I got confession. Mommy's got Thanksgiving. And it was just the three of us at that time. And, um, uh, but a 10 year old, yeah. I'm so thankful we passed out that tool because now it's in the hand of a 10 year old saying, mom and daddy, can we, can we pray? And so I love what you just said, because I think it's another one of those handles, another one of those catalyst another one of those springboards um an easy way for us to think okay here's something easy we can do and it, it can be fresh on our mind rather than getting stuck in the rut uh, you know of the craziness of, of our week um a little challenge the ephesians challenge the ephesians challenge so if you this is tuesday if you listen to it today or tomorrow or thursday just read ephesians one this week at least read it one time uh freddie's going to hit that i'm sure in chapter verse three is where i'm assuming you're starting or first four uh, verse Verse three. So, uh, yeah, read it. And then next week, try it. Try it out. Just read. And even though Freddie may have already preached about it, read it again. Read it again. And slowly, slowly, it's kind of like working out. You know, first day, it's rough. You know, you stay stay at it for six months later, you've seen a huge difference. You read Ephesians 1 today, you'll be like, I don't understand one of those words. That is just too complicated. I guarantee you by the end of the year or by the end of the sermon series, if you keep reading Ephesians 1, it will be so understandable and easy for you to understand who you are in Christ yeah. and what he's done for us. Yeah, these eternal truths will take root. They'll take root take in your heart. All right, that's all I got, brother. That was so good, man. Let's take a break. All right. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. But man, don't we have a lot of excuses for why we don't honor the Lord with our money? You know, ministry takes money. And when you give, God's work is propelled forward. I want to ask you to pray today. Pray and ask God to strengthen your faith, to deepen your resolve, to invest in his work, in his ministry. Worship the Lord today through your giving. Make a sacrifice. Set up recurring giving so that even when you can't be present at church, your gift is present. Simply text MISSION to 97000 to set up giving today. Don't hold back. Don't wait. Give to the Lord. All right, so just so that you know, Daniel Cox does listen to what we say while he's over there with his engineering, and he has fact-checked me. So it was not the statue of Artemis. It was the Temple of Artemis, and apparently, Fred, it was not one of the seven wonders of the world. I think at one time it probably was, (laughs) but I think things change. But anyway, enough about uh, Artemis uh, in Ephesus. What about the land? So we... um, as you know, if you are a podcast listener for a while or you've been at church, you know a year or so ago we purchased some land on Sango Road, uh, 10 acres or so, and then um, you are, the church is in the plans of trying to get yeah. something go vertical for us. Up yeah, in the yeah. You know, uh, the um, I wanted to give I wanted to give everybody an update, you know, on how things are going and... Um, I, 
you know, I think patience is key. Patience is key. Uh, you know, right now it feels like things move at a the, the rate of molasses dripping off of, you know, sucked in the quicksand. Yeah. And, um, but, but one day in the near future, a building will be there and it'll feel like it went up like that. So, but right now we're so eager to, to be in our own space and, you know, that kind of thing. And so we actually have a meeting with our architect today. Um, so things continue to progress. We took a little bit of a pause this summer. Um, we just needed to get, you know, Pastor Tim in place. And um, and so we don't have any artificial timeline that's being impressed upon us, except other than the fact that we got to be out of the city forum in like, you know, the fall of 2024. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens, you know, if will the building be up by then? And if not, like, where will we gather for worship for those, you know, those next few weeks or next few months or whatever. Uh, anyways, here's, here's a little update. We continue to meet, uh, with our architect, but every time that we continue to meet with them, we're, we're getting a, a little more involved in the process, which is good. And so we're getting better positioned to take really good steps toward things. Um, the, you know, probably the, the best, the best part is as our church continues to faithfully give our building fund continues to, to, to increase. Um, so right now today, I think there's $875,000 in our building fund, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also needed. It's also going to be necessary. It's such a, it is such an interesting time in history to build a building with inflation and interest rates gone up and, and all those things. So we're trusting the Lord that, you know, when the time comes for us to secure our loan and for us to begin the building process and all of those things, um, that it will be a really God-appointed time uh, so that he's our guide, he's leading us. I shared with a church planter yesterday. It was in two thousand and. Uh, eight, I had to raise our full support to live and do ministry in New York City. And I didn't know enough to know what a bleak time it was financially for those around me. You know, like I just didn't have enough of a concept. Um, but God provided every penny that we needed. So, um, so anyways, all that to, all that to say, uh, things are marching right along uh, on God's timetable uh, with the building. We still hope to break ground next year. Um, we don't have a month and a day on the calendar that we hope to be driving toward that. Um, but we have some concepts and some ideas, you know, about when. The, so continue to pray for the building. Continue to give generously to the building. Um, continue to trust the Lord with us for the timing of, of all things. And um, uh, so that's a little bit of an update. We just continue to take steps forward and, when we have some tangible things like, like you know, drawings or renderings, those kinds of things, we'll bring those, you know, to the church, um, and that that'll be exciting to yeah, begin sure. to for get sure. that into focus. So. Well, we appreciate the update. You'll keep us updated as we go along on the podcast in the future. Uh, we look forward to what see what God is doing over there on Sango Road. You know, I think the thing one of the one of the balances that we're trying to strike, you know, as a church is, um not making it all about the building. Listen, I'm super excited about our future facility. 
I cannot wait to see how God uses it as a tool and resource to advance his kingdom, to see disciples made, to see people nurtured in the gospel, to see to, to, for us to have an actual hub for ministry that's ours. Um, there's so many things we want to do, that we aspire to do, that we need to do, that we can't yet do because we don't have our own facility. Um, and so it's immensely practical for us to have this. Um, but the scripture says in 1 Corinthians, we are God's building. Like we are. And so it would be really, really easy to get totally distracted about the brick and mortar, to get totally obsessed about it and lose sight of the fact that God's building us as individuals, as a family. And there's going to be times and seasons where for for five weeks in a row, it sounds like every week we're talking about the building. Like there will be a season when we ramp up to that. Um, so prepare for that. Uh, but just know in the meantime, we don't want the narrative every week to be, oh, we're going to build a building, we're going to be able to build. No, God is building his building. And the Bible says we are his building. So That's a good word. Yeah. All right, Fred, I look forward to Sunday, Ephesians 1, starting with verse 3. Uh, read it this week. Don't come unprepared. Prepare yourself. Prepare your family. It'll be a good time. Thanks for the podcast today, JV. Absolutely. It's always fun, man. Keep it real, brother. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Jesus.